six-pack Lapidat. I got my man Kafwe here. And um, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Prepping for the World Championships. I'm prepping. We are the 83-kilo Team Canada, but not all of it. There's two of you guys in the Open. Yeah, we got Isaac with me as well. Yeah, and um, in the juniors, I didn't even check who was in that. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty thick. This is your first world. It's my first this, world. This is like my first everything. This, first regionals, first provincials, first nationals. I'm just I'm just first enjoying life worlds, right now. This is your first year competing. Yeah. And for some people listening, they're like, "Oh, that must be nice." <laughs> <laughs> some people, some people competing like struggle. Like you know, they work hard to qualify. Right. And you skate through all the way to the world championships in your first. I say skate through. You crush some fucking national records along like. It was work. It was work. It, it was like work. I just woke up and I was like, hey there, world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's a hell of a story, man. In terms of, you know, there's very few people that I know, actually. I'm trying to start to think the first year lifting, just like end up at the world. This is what I was telling you. I was like, dude, this is probably the, like, the fucking best rookie year I've heard in a long time. <laughs> right? Because it's, it's the open. <laughs> it's not like you're, year. <laughs> you might be rookie of the year. Because it's the open. It's not um, like juniors. Right. Like, not that, like, shit going to junior worlds is a big deal, too. Mm-hmm. But you weren't, quote unquote, protected. You're s- thrown into the open. Mm-hmm. Like, you're in the, you missed, you actually uh, started lifting the year after your junior eligibility. Right. Which would have been like, ah, shit. You could have had fun in the juniors. I should have listened to you guys when you told me to start competing earlier. That's right. You're too busy in soccer. (laughs) We had to wait for that to end. But, um, and looking at the Worlds, too, if it caps off nicely, um, you got an opportunity for medals in the deadlift? We'll see. Yeah, we'll We'll see. see. We'll see. Let things unfold. The dead's floating around 700, and um, that's right along the lines for a medal. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have to... I mean, it's going to be tight. There's it's, obviously it's, Brett Gibbs. There's Russell Orhe. There's, um, there's other people on the list. Owen, nominations. There's, there's Owen, a few people up there. Owen Hubbard is a European champion coming out of Wales on Team Great Britain. And um, he's on any given day. Mm-hmm. Like he, last year, he was third. Uh, the first time, well, the only time Brett and John Hack went toe to toe. Owen Hubbard took a bronze medal then as well. He was in there. Right. Yeah, he was. Uh, he somewhat got lost in the shuffle with the height between Brett versus John, mm-hmm. but because um, he wasn't going to catch them, but he was, he was like, I mean, all bronze in the world championships. Yeah, he's a leader so as it comes. He was up there. He was up there, <laughs> and um, he's won the world championships in, as a junior. So like he's and he's won the European. He's won international meets like European. So yeah, he's he's, he's high flight, and he's going to the worlds this year as well. We've had him on the show. So yeah, like eighty three men is stacked. Um, but he won't be on, he won't push you on the dead. It'll be, um, but in terms of the deadlift, and this is insane. Like, like for me, when I first started powerlifting, only heavyweights were pulling 700. Like, like I remember, um, talking to guys and they were like, like Canada's strongest man competitors. When I started, I was training with a couple of them and guys who won like the Ontario champion, like the Ontario strongest man, they're going to Canada's strongest man, whatever. And these are huge 300 pound men, untested, my friend. Like, you know they're on whatever they want. Yeah. And for a big dude like that pulling seven something, like in the seven, is he strong? Well, he pulls seven. That's good. Yeah. He's strong. Heavyweight. You pull seven, well, you're a strong guy. And that's what I love about the sport, the progression. Like, now you see, like, the high school kids who are pushing numbers, and it's crazy. It's like, what are they eating in their, like, what's in their cereal? It's, well, <laughs> I had just posted, um, in the USAPL, they showed the number of lifters in the USAPL. And for the men's, I believe in 2000, I think it was 2011, 
it was, um, I think it was like three to 4,000 men, mm-hmm. which isn't that much. And then in 2018, it was like fourteen to 15,000 right. men. So to be the best of your, and some divisions were, like some divisions now aren't super dense with competition. Right. Imagine the competition level when there's only 3,000, 4,000 of you. Yeah. Like, like the, the depth of competition, the talent pool you have to beat out is so much smaller. Mm-hmm. Like when I first started, now I'm starting to shit on myself a little bit, but, but it is what it is. Um, it wasn't the same. Like it wasn't isn't what the competition level was. Now, the, like there's so many more people yeah. lifting. The freaks come out. Like the genetically gifted athletic, like we're winning over. Yeah, like athletes who wouldn't have competed in powerlifting like, you know, five years ago. They're seeing the sport and like, hey, I'm going I'll to. I'll try. Yeah. We stole you from soccer. Okay. Um, like, cause you know about powerlifting, you've seen it, you're, the gym you went to had like a dozen powerlifters training there, you see it on Instagram, uh, mm-hmm. the guy who fucking is the world championship commentator is in the same gym, that's kind of weird, awkward, so it was yeah. easy for you to know, like, yeah. you, you're rounded, but 10 years ago, you might have been nobody in the gym with powerlift. you might right. see bodybuilders, right? and there wasn't like, uh, Instagram, there wasn't YouTube, like, YouTube was fairly new even then, um, it was just different. It was just a different climate. If you started getting to powerlifting, where would you go? Mm-hmm. Who'd you go to? Who? What program? You? Where would you just do what you're always doing for training? Yeah, and I love the question you're starting to see now. Like you look at other sports, like Olympics. Like how far can someone push that hundred meter sprint? And you're starting to get those these lifts. Like how far can like these new people start pushing these? Like every year, you see new new records get broken. It's just... and for that to happen, um, you need like you need to tap into the greater talent pool of the world. It can't be, like I was saying, 3,000 people. Those numbers are only going to go so far when mm-hmm. you have the telepool this deep. Right. You need to tap into those those people that like would have, like Russell Orhe is jacked. And like you watch him, like you see him, you're like, this dude is like reeks of athletics. Like he's someone who could compete as a bodybuilder as well. 100%. And it, like other sports would have gobbled him up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now we got Russell Orhe and we need that to happen for these. Now we talk about like a 700 pound dead and 83 kilo men. There's maybe like five people in the world who could do that, though, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But um, we were looking at the world championships. I think you were saying was there around five people at the world who have like a 700 pound dead or around like I'd have to check nominations again. But in that range, around that range, five 83 kilo guys pulling 700. That's for our, anyone who's not in North American. That's 318 kilo. That's insane. Yeah. You know, like that's like five of them. They were going to be showing up in the same competition. That, like, it would be totally unheard of. And now we have uh, 83-kilo men, um, Russell Lurie, or he's looking to maybe squat that. That is insane, man. An 83-kilo guy squatting 700. It's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. Like, it was, I, I, like when John Hack went against uh, Brett Gibbs, there was maybe a few, like, count on one hand the amount of 83-kilo guys squatting in the 600s. It, this is eight, 2016. Right. This isn't like we're talking about a different generation of lifters. No, just a few years ago. Oh, a, a handful of guys squatting in the 600s. Now juniors, guys 18 years old are squatting in the 600s and 83. And guys are like, you know, potentially squatting 700. It's insane, man. I can't wrap my head around this shit though, how quickly things are moving. But um, I thought it's interesting and like a big part of that. There are so many more com- people competing. Mm-hmm. And I mean like, f- like you know, four or five times as many people. And um, Instagram, YouTube, podcasts, all this is just blowing it up. Yeah, and you have the celebrities. Like I know Larry Wheels went into Strongman. You have those guys who are posting. It just makes it more 
more sexy for people who's watching. For real. Yeah. Like, because um, you, like, like, if you're doing something, you know, and you should never do it for quote unquote fame or whatever the right. shit. Right. But when you're doing something and you actually get recognized for it, yeah. like, people actually care for little. Like, I know you don't do it just for everybody else, but. It doesn't matter if you're a little kid or you're doing good at your job. It's nice to hear you're doing a good job. Oh, for sure. It's nice. Some recognition is nice. That's yeah. why they have awards and shit like that in the mm-hmm. workplace, whatever. And when you're doing a sport, there was a time when people didn't even know what the hell powerlifting was. Now, like, you can get, like, Russell Orr, he, 200,000 people following or more. Mm-hmm. You know, Steffi Cohen, half a million, Larry Wheels over a million. Like, it's, you, you get for real record. People in other sports know who you are now. That was never the case even just a few years ago. People from other sports know who, like, the best of the best powerlifters are. Right, right. You know, and, and that's, it wouldn't shock me at all yeah. to hear an interview with another guy from another sport, like a for real sport, like football, baseball, basketball, whatever, who, who would drop a name. Mm-hmm. And we need that to grow the sport, though. So 100%. Yeah. yeah, you need that. Not only just for the egos of our lifters, whatever, but mm-hmm. um, because there's more people looking up to these people, following these people, there's more exposure. Now sponsorships are happening. Exactly. Now we're popping up on different televisions and et cetera. Now we have more money involved for lifters to get. It becomes a yeah, job. It gives, it gives people more incentive to want to join, want to take on the sport as well. And yeah, now we're recruiting those youth mm-hmm. that would have been doing other sports. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, man, it, it all feeds one hand, feeds the other this way. And um, yeah, so like bringing up these showdowns and how important it is for these showdowns to happen and how for people like eyeballs to like remember. That showdown, oh my God, it got me so excited and interested. Now I want to take up powerlifting. Probably the number one, off the top of my head, the one that sparked it all was the Hack Gibbs. There were other showdowns before, but I mean, in the era of social media, Mm. when social media came, the IPF is the biggest powerlifting federation. Uh, That's not just me being a shill because I do their media, but also it just plain is by the numbers. Men lie, women lie. Numbers don't. Numbers don't. (laughs) Numbers don't. Um, So they have by far the most uh, lifters. And in the social media era, when that rolled around, um, that was the Hack Gibbs showdown was was the one that 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 spark, we had never seen it before, and we haven't seen a showdown quite that hype since. But we'd never seen it before, and that one was a major push. And three years later, there are people who come on and remember that like I started around that time, and, like I tuned in and seen it. This. Yeah, like it started. They got excited when that shit happened, you know, and uh, so. It's it's good. I want to have John on here, and we'll ask him, you know, reflectively. Last time I talked to him, it was after that, but it's just after that. Okay. Life is a little different now. It's been a couple years removed. Yeah. So now you're looking back, like three years later. Um, you know, moved on into the untested realm, smashing world records there, and um, I want to ask him, like, you know, look back on it now. Right. You know, like you're a few years removed now, and um, do you wish you stayed a little longer? Because you see Brett continuing on with more rivalries. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what, that was the proper time. Or, like, it's always 2020. Yeah. You never freaking know. Uh, if, if he stayed longer, he would have missed the 40K U.S. Open. Since then, that U.S. Right. Open's diminished. So it's easy to say that. It'll be interesting to wonder, like, what happened if John Hack was still in there? In that this is, this is the, great, the great sports debates. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, because time-wise, he was able to, A, be in the biggest showdown in IPF mm-hmm. against Brett. And, and then B, it. get into the biggest showdown, the untested, when U.S. Open's 40K. Right. 
he's the only guy who's ever done that. Right. Like he, he's he's still like it's one of those damned if you do if if you would have stayed he would have missed that. Yeah. He would have missed the forty k US Open. We've never yeah. seen that before, and because they slashed the money, we may never see it again. That's right. literally another part in history where like hey remember when oh, you can't US Open on was, him for what he's done like he it, is, he's killed it. Historically speaking, we think of events. You know, like that's another one. Like the super when there was half quarter of a million dollars up for grabs, and people will that may never happen again because mm-hmm. some dude, some millionaire was like, I don't care about losing money, and he just threw the money out there. So John happened to like be in the right place, right time, jump in there, and now he's got like, and he's still young and he's got some crazy experiences. So I mean, it kind of is what it is, man. Well, I want to get his perspective on that as well as um, and now he's not in the U.S. Open. And it's like the, the raps, and they're banging up people's quads. There's so many people I'm hearing with quad issues with raps. Um, so I think in the Untested, uh, I know the Untested has a lot of events with raps. Events like Tribute are offering just sleeves. Right. And I think that's going to be more and more the trend. Because yeah. big names. You know, we're talking Larry Wheels, John Hack, Brandon Allen. Like, big-name guys. Like I, man, the, Larry I think, Wheels is another one doesn't want to rap? The last U.S. Open, he did his sleeves. Okay. And um, I haven't seen him use raps too much since. I know no? he's had some injuries. Okay. Okay. You know, there's a lot of people. I think Ke- I know Kevin Oak had to pull out. I don't know if it's because of raps. I think Ben Pollock also has mentioned. I know he's pulled out with injury. I'm not, um, you know, I, some of these guys were injured for sure. I'm not sure if it's all raps, but I know for sure Brendan, John, you know, there's been, a, there's been a few people who have risen their hand and said, you know what, the raps are fucking, they're okay. banging me up. Um, yeah, so, and there's been, so in the U.S. Open, I mean, everyone's going to be pushing big weight. Right. It's, if you picture loading the weight on your back, just loading so much weight and wrapping your knee so fucking tight, you yeah, cannot bend pressure, it. Yeah. You cannot bend the knee. But the only reason why you're going to bend the knee is because you have 700 pounds on your back and you're forcing it to bend and sit back into a deep knee squat. Right. And your quads get hugged by that, hugged by that wrap. It's just unnatural, right? Like, uh, so for some people, it's okay. For other people, you know, you end up like Brandon Allen. He got fucked, right? Yeah. Proper fucked, right? So, uh, but anyways, let's have John Hack in. We got a lot of questions, a lot of catching up, and I want to get his feedback also on um, upcoming competitions as well as uh, the his old division, 83 Kilo, his old teammate and um, an old rival going head-to-head. So uh, he's got he's going to have a good take on that. So without further ado, let's call my man John Hack. So we have none other than the man himself, Captain America, uh, John Hack. How you doing, sir? Doing well by yourself. Not bad, not bad. It's been a minute since we talked last, no? Yeah, I think it's been <laughs> since like after Worlds, right? It was... Um, or right before US Open? I, th- I want to say it was like January 2017. I think, yeah, does that sound right? right? And 20... yeah, I, think was, I think it was right after I decided to do the U.S. Open. That's right. Worlds. Yeah. And we were all talking about it. I was just telling Caffey. So, Caffey, so how long have you been powerlifting? One year? Yeah, like a few months over a year One now. year, 83 kilo kid, and he's going to the IPF World Championships first time in 83 kilo. And um, so he missed out on the big showdown. So I was telling him, and maybe I'm oh, telling, yeah. maybe I'm telling everybody who's listening, um, the magnitude of the uh, Brett Gibbs John Hack Showdown 2016. So I don't even know if you realize now, every single time we do at the IPF Worlds, um, as a commentator, they'll do the lead in. So they show the camera on on the commentator myself. Yep. I'll do a little preview. Here's what you're gonna expect. I mean, you got Russell coming in hot. Brett's 
defending world champion. You're going to want to watch out for so-and-so on the deadlifts. And I do a lead in with the camera on me. Then they cut to the platform and we start. Kind of like a UFC, Joe Rogan cage yep. side does a preview. The first time, we had never done that before. Okay, yep. never. <laughs> and then um, leading into the John Hack, Brett Gibbs, I was also doing the Instagram for the IPF. And I was posting you one week, him the next day when you're doing your squats. If you did a set of eight, I fucking posted him. If he did a set of eight the same week, I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, yeah. And I'd post them and people are comparing, oh, that was lower RPE for John. I don't know. Or maybe maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. And um, for the first time at that Worlds, when the Worlds came, and I was telling everybody in the media team, like, this is the fucking showdown. This is the one. Trust me. <laughs> SBD did a fucking photo shoot with you guys. Like, st- were you guys actually there live together, staring each other down, or did they? Yeah, that was you? that was uh that was live. We were we were looking in, in, into each other's eyes. It was pretty weird. It, it was a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were both just like cracking up because we were like trying to be serious and we just couldn't couldn't do it. It was it was uber hyped. It was um like for someone who missed it. It's tough to explain the magnitude. Like we had never seen that though. Like like SPD wasn't doing that shit before. Um, like the IP, like the IPF social media. Like I was, I was running. That's the first time we started doing that. Like hyping a straight up showdown. Like week after week after week though. Not just right before. Uh, you know, so and so versus so and so. I was like every week putting it. And um, like Joey Flex was taking pictures with you guys were together in the same venue. And he's like, yeah, at, uh, at the Arnold. Put your dukes up, stare each other down. It got crazy, man. And the first time, so when the media team was all there, and they're all like, dude, you've been hyping this. Is it going to live up to the hype? And I was like, "It's good. trust me, it's going to live up to the hype. And the, the head people came over and they said, we want to try something different this time. Leading into this, because this is the biggest hyped showdown, we want you to do a lead-in. We're going to put the camera on you, and we want you to do a lead-in explaining the showdown between John Hack and Brett Gibbs and the magnitude. And that was the first time ever. And, and it killed like that, that, that showdown now is like so many millions of views. People take that showdown, just the, the piece of that clip it down to five minutes all over YouTube. It's all over the place. And, um, ever since they, they do like a, a lead in every single competition now. And that was like the first one ever, man. It was like a trendsetter that showdown. You know? Yeah. I still get like, like whenever I go on YouTube, I'll still like occasionally get like a uh, suggested like, oh, IPF Worlds 2016, like Hack versus Gibbs. Like I, I've seen it. I, I, <laughs> I see. I live it. I lived it. Did you feel you like? Did you feel you had to like play up the hype with all that going on at the time, or did you just focus more on your own list? Um, I mean, we played it up a little bit, but it was actually mostly like our like fans or our followers were were the ones like I don't know how many times I got tagged in like. Gibbs' video is being like, oh, hit, like, John hit this for, like, six the other day. And yeah. I'm like, same thing on mine. Like, like, oh, Gibbs destroyed this number on bench. Like, yeah, uh, it, it was fun. I, I, that was probably one of, the, like, my favorite times with powerlifting because it was just, like, such a great head-to-head. It's I crazy. really loved the competition. I, I, I'd never seen, like, I, you have a thick division, like the 105s last year or whatever, but not, like, one guy versus one guy, like a fucking boxing match almost. Mm-hmm. Like it was so, um, I've never seen a showdown quite like that. Where, yeah, where people were tagging and divisions were, I remember actually Johnny Candido was a guest or a, a commentator and he was like, full disclosure, I'm Team Hack. And there was like fucking <laughs> Team Hack. You know, it wasn't even Team USA. It was like Team Hack. It was wild. Yeah. And um, I remember thinking when it was happening, I think I talked to you last, last uh, in the last interview, I was like, did that make you, 
get out of pocket in training? Did it make you like push your RPEs and like shit? I because the side by side comparisons every week, like you said, was real. Like if you see him hitting like whatever five fifty for reps on squat, you're like shit. I better start doing the same. Or, or did that affect you? Yeah, definitely. Like I mean, I feel like I didn't like really push myself to the point where like I'd hit a number that was like an RP ten, but it kind of made me want to hit like, oh, this, he hit this for, for three. I'm going to hit it for four. And yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it was an RP nine when it's supposed <laughs> to be an eight. But. As long as you're like not totally out of pocket. Cause you yeah. could get, you could get a little excited. It almost gets psychological with social media. <laughs> for sure. Cause you're worried. You start like, um, you know, like some guys say in, in different sports, they'll drop something and leave and not go to the comments, not read. Um, but we were at like, as a sport still growing so much at that time so yeah. you almost couldn't drop it and leave it was like you you're trying to help get it going because we were all we'd never seen this before you know before that we, we were all so excited so if one of you guys is totally backed away like you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go dark on this for the next two months and not post you'd be like shit man you would kill all the momentum <laughs> right like <laughs> like what? yeah see i don't like that i mean like i like i kind of like reading the comments of like people being like oh someone's better than you actually when you guys did the podcast with the like yeah. Calling Brett the, the goat, like, yeah, <laughs> that like pissed me. Like, I was just like, pissed you, for like a, a couple of days, and like, I think I pulled a huge deadlift PR the next day. I was just you like, did. God damn it. You did. And, um, and since then, too, uh, you also took the, was it the 181 all time world record? Yeah. Yeah. And which, what, not just total, but did you get some other ones along the way as well? Uh, no, I think it's just total. Just I total. Okay. Like, yeah. On the, like, on the untested side, it seems like there's a lot of, single lift guys that are just absolute freaks but yeah. their totals are okay yeah and, and how do you feel in terms of like so we were talking about this before how like you went from the thing with the ipf and, and we had the broadcast on leading into the u.s open and and as well as recap right and yeah. uh, the broadcast we were all talking about how in the untested the one thing that they're like they got money which is sweet um, mm-hmm. and the following on some of the lifters like Larry wheels and Steffi, like the, you get a huge following, but, um, the IPF has that worlds where you have that showdown and it's like, holy smokes. And it's tough to replicate that. Cause everyone's like spread out. Cause there is yeah. no, there is no like one fed. So there is no like one, there's not even a world championship that anyone gives a shit about in the untested. There's like individual events and it. We don't even give a shit what fed runs the event. It was U.S. Open when it was USPA and then WRF or whatever the shit. No, give a fuck. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's U.S. <laughs> Open. Like there is like federations be damned. Um, like how do you feel about that? Because you you've seen both now. You were like in the thick of it at the very top of the IPF showdown and everything. And the world mm-hmm. champion title means something to more money, but yeah, the, the competition level spread. Yeah, that's definitely like. I mean, I. Now that I got my like one world title, it was kind of like, all right, I'm going to chase the money. But I do wish that like USPA could kind of take over as the the untested. I think they're the the federation to do it if they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you get a lot of guys that like to stay in their federation and stay in their backyard. Yeah, yeah. You get home super, cooking. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like IPF, you have to go to Worlds to set a world record. Yeah. And that is like some people who who might not come from an IPF background 
might not fully get like, well, like weight is weight. What does it matter if you hit it in a local competition or you hit it at, at the world's or international competition? But then maybe coming from the untested division, you might be like, listen, man, we got people doing federations in fucking way out in Eastern Europe. They could be quote unquote smashing world records. What were the weigh-ins like? What was the depth like? What the shit is like the plates and calibrated? Are they calibrated mm-hmm. weights? How big they are? Like we see a lot of weird shit. In terms of like consistency, I would say it's yeah, tough, definitely. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's like there's there's definitely sometimes when you post like some lifters who are from like yeah Middle East that I'm just like mm, I don't know if that weight is <laughs> like how accurate is that weight you don't like, know or places like where did this guy come from yeah like some dudes coming out, or Eastern Europe you'll have like um you don't know who's who's keeping an eye on it at the very least with uh one Fed running it like the IPF you could all raise your hand and say if it's an international meet we all have somebody there. So we know the weights, we know the weigh-ins, everything's run to spec. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, do you think, so who, what do you think in terms of the IPF 83 kilo goat debate? Uh, bringing that up. It's, it's a tough because. It's, it's tough. I mean, I want to say me. You can too. <laughs> and that's fair. I know you're on the spot, but um, yeah. it would be fair. And here's, let me, let me give some argument for you because you might feel awkward saying it for yourself. Um, yeah. The reason why I would side Brett is just because, like, like uh, accumulative titles, and like he, he stayed there so he could rack up titles. Hit like the old, he hit the first ten times kilo body weight, mm-hmm. uh, eight thirty point five, and he, he's he's got showdowns like against Russell. If he wins it again against Russell, it's getting more and more of a resume. Yeah. Um, but the reason you could say yourself, and it's tougher because you, you stayed there for one, but it was if it had to be one. It was yeah. the biggest showdown, and we, we already said. And if it was a huge showdown, the guy you beat better be fucking good, and it's Brett. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was a huge showdown, and the guy after that year didn't turn out to be too much, it's not as... History, looking back retroactively doesn't hold up. Because your win with the biggest showdown was Brett, and he's gone on to do everything he does, retroactively looking at it actually rises in significance, which helps. But but it's only one title too. If Brett could be like, hey man, you can't hold me to one day, and I've been doing it every year since, right? So um, that's what that's yeah, what's I'll, tough. I'll be willing to give him like the IPF eighty three go. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm going for the the one eighty one go. Yeah, yeah, for goal. sure. It's got to be IPF. That's that's for sure. That's got to be yeah. that distinction. Um, yeah, I, I separate them. Do you think it's even possible to put them together? It's almost too hard. Do you think? Um. I think, like, in my case, since I've done both, I think I could, like, argue. But if it's, like, a guy that has basically been untested his whole life, you can't really compare him to, yeah, you know, Ellis McLean or someone in the, like, 93s. It, it could be, like, um, almost like, so there's specific 83-kilo goat, 82-and-a-half-kilo goat, and then there's, like, overall weight classes be damned, where do you think people lie? And yeah, then, yeah, that's... Because you've had... Now, untested and tested world records on both. And you've become, got rose to the top of both. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously very difficult. So it's a, it is a, it's an interesting debate, but it's not an easy one. It's not an easy one for yeah, sure. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, I, would, I like, I want to be in, like, the discussion with, like, Ed Cohen is, like, my goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and do you ever think, like, looking back, do you ever think, when you see, like, Russell in the IPF world, you're like, fuck, maybe, maybe. Maybe I should have waited a couple more years because that looks like fun. Like the showdowns, you know that, the whole IPF feel? Yeah, I definitely like – I mean it's like 
a day or something like that, I'll be like, oh, man, I really wish I had, like, especially, like, the week of, like, IPF Worlds, I'll be like, yeah. oh, man, I wish I had, like, stuck around for at least one more. That'll but, hurt, uh, yeah. um, I mean, going into Worlds in 2016, I was already kind of like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to, like, stick around. And then at the time, there wasn't really another meet that was, like, a big one. So I was like, all right, I'll do, I'll do Nationals in 2016. Won that, and then they announced the U.S. Open, and that just made the decision to leave that much easier. Yeah. And and was the biggest decision to leave was it that because at the time it was it was forty k, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was that like oh my god, like forty k yeah, is definitely. ridiculous. <laughs> um, I mean that was definitely nice, but for me, like going into worlds, it was kind of like my mindset was like I just want to beat everyone, like. It's which made it tough on the untested side, but then seeing that meet, I was like, "Oh, everyone's going to sign up for this, so I'll have the chance to beat everyone." Yeah, it was. Um, I remember people at the time were posting their invites all on Instagram, and it was the invite. Like we didn't know who was going to go, who what Brett got invited, but there was um, like some people history forget who got invited. Like fucking everybody, like all the, yeah. they they were poaching IPF World Champions. Like <laughs> they were sending it to anybody and everybody. And people were posting it, not necessarily saying I took it, but were just posting like, hey, I got this. I got this invite. And it was yeah. weird. It was like a, it's another first that we hadn't seen because of social media. It was like the first, it was almost like a fucking draft day or some shit. Like you got drafted into the U.S. <laughs> Open. And, uh, oh, I remember people like didn't think I was actually serious when I said I was doing the U.S. Open. Like I, I was reading the comments on Reddit and they're like, oh, no, he's not. Like... <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming. I'm Do you coming. think we'll get to the point where more IPF lifters are like, I want to just go try the U.S. Open, see it, see how I feel? Um, like, what do you think? In terms of, because cause John, it's an interesting, it kind of brings me this discussion, because John didn't do this year's, and it seemed to have shrunken a little. Yeah, yeah. What it's, do you think? Um, like, for me, it was uh, knee wraps. Like, I just didn't want to do it. And then... Uh, so I've been dealing with like the quad issue for the last like year and a half, basically. And I think I finally got it under wraps and I just needed to like have a, a meet where I went, had a good meet, didn't have much stress. Um, so I decided to do a local one. Looking back at how well I did at that meet, I was like, oh man, I probably should have gone to the U S open, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I didn't think it was going to go as well as it did. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting that you say that like the knee wraps, cause, um, that's another thing that I think some people are shying away from the U.S. Open because of that. Like Brandon Allen, massive tears, and said like he he attributes it to a lot to the knee wrap. Um, like a lot of people have said. I think Larry Wills last time he did U.S. Open didn't do knee wraps. Like there's like the knee wraps are becoming a problem because you have like ungodly weight on your back that your frame mm-hmm. isn't used to having, and your knee is wrapped so tight that it's not supposed to bend, but you're forcing a deep knee bend to a yeah. very tight leg with ungodly weight on your back, hit below parallel, and that's when the quad just burp, 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 starts popping off the bone there. And um, yeah. there's like a lot of people who, who, are, who, who are like, man, fuck it, I don't care how much money it is, I can't do it. Um, mm-hmm. So do you think, so a lot of people are starting to skip the US Open for the tribute. Do you think moving ahead, do you see a shift in the U.S. Open, because like it can, it's undeniable. This year, it was not the same. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know how it's gonna be next year. Like, I, I'm, I'm planning on doing pro raw. I think that's in like March, and then I'll see how I feel after that if I want to do the 
the US Open or not, but yeah, I don't I I think we'll we'll know if it's going to do better or not after like this year if they if the prize money goes down again, I think it's kind of done. It's looking yeah, cuz it dropped by like 50% slash at the top. And I think the other one slashed even more. Like it's a huge chunk. And you can't no I I get that Kern, the guy who's uh like basically philanthropy, he's just giving the money away. He's not seeing any money back. But yeah. He went big, quarter of a mil. Like, shit, man, that's, I don't care who you are. Like, I know guys like Joe Rogan are like, here's fucking quarter million dollar, guys, take it off me for, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a bath here. So I was wondering how much he could keep that up, but it was enough to jumpstart it. And when it happened, like, were you, when you first heard it, were you like, is this real? I remember not even knowing if it was real. Like, when you, yeah. when you heard that money, were you like, get the fuck out. Yeah, I was just like, oh, my God, that's much in powerlifting? <laughs> yeah, man. I, like, I mean, like, never what's happened. What's the catch? Yeah, exactly. What's the catch, man? And then you get 40K, and he's like, here's 40K and supplements. Right? <laughs> or, or, like, here's 40K, gift certificate to Walmart or some shit where it's yeah. like, what the fuck? That's not 40K. Like, there's usually a, a catch, but they're, they're straight up writing checks, man. Yeah, I was... I mean, it's it's definitely kind of going that way. I mean, the tributes had a pretty decent payout last year. Yeah. I think it was like twelve k for first. And and, and like that. as tribute, so a lot of people are going more towards tribute, and as because they have sleeves option as well. And as tribute yeah. grows, some of that money might start shifting towards tribute as the lifters start shifting over there. Mm-hmm. But um, when money was on the table and this forty k, were you approaching like did that change some shit up for you? Were you like, oh man, this is. Like, did it feel different training, knowing, holy fudge, I got a lot of money on the table? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always just kind of played to win, so it wasn't really, like, a big change for me. Yeah. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really think on it. It, it, it was kind of like, oh, this will be nice, but oh, I it'll just will win. It'll be nice. Yeah. <laughs> That'll change some things. Um, <laughs> and when the day rolls around, though, by the time you – by the time you got in there, were you, you were already injured and knew, ah, oh, shit, this was, is, is that right? I can't remember now. I'm trying to roll back my, mentally. Were, did you walk in there already injured or did it happen on the platform? Uh, in 2018, I was already kind of injured and I was kind of like, all right, like there's like a 50% chance that I hit this opening squad. You, you're banking on <laughs> if God's American, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to find out. We're yeah. about to find and out. And I mean, I, I just like, I, wasn't there, like, felt the, the quad pop again. I was just like, well, I'm done. I'm not going <laughs> yeah, Well, that, that's that. Uh, 2017, were you, you were all right? Yeah, was I was there anything? Right, was, it, was, a rap, was there any kind of weird things with the wraps then? I remember wraps were always an issue, but I don't think it was as bad. Yeah, I fell backwards with my second attempt with the wraps, and that kind of threw me off. And I think I wrapped myself, which kind of killed my bench a little bit. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, just, I mean, I just don't like training with the wraps. Yes. Yeah. pain in the ass. I train alone mostly. And, yeah, same. Usually. Yeah. The odd time. And so walking in, because I remember Joey was there, right, handling you the first time around? He's not supposed to be at uh, US Open. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well anyways, I, I, I didn't mean Joey. Thanks. I mean, your, your cousin. But um, Yeah, exactly. But, uh, like, was there a discussion? Because there's if because there was, like, 40K for that first one. Is mm-hmm. it? Because money changes like the, the dynamics at all. Is it like look at like like you know like a prize fighter or a boxer? If I win X amount, 
I kick 10% to the guy or 5% because it's not quite as much. Or um, or it's like, is it, does it change the discussion that way? Because it's so heavily influenced on like attempts and, and calculating Wilkes. Does that discussion have to be had or do you guys just like leave it? Uh, I just I straight up told him like, hey, if like I win anything, I'll give you 10%. So Yeah, not bad. Yeah. And if you want it, ditch his number, but fuck that. <laughs> I'm a free agent. Checks in the mail. You're, are you like here's 10k in supplements? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> here's a promo code. Use use up the 10k's worth, Joey. Here's 10 percent off. <laughs> That's right. You didn't let me finish. 10 percent off, Joey. Uh, promo code. Yeah, I think because it became like a game changer. People started having these conversations with the coaches, and then coaches all of a sudden, like I've handled. Uh, people and like you want people to do well everyone's handled someone at some point and you get like nervous because you're like fuck man I hope the guy like I hope the guy or girl does well but when it's 40k and you're like I seen your last squat I think you got 10k in you like 10 more kilo but you <laughs> better be fucking right or if the guy comes back and I'm like I don't want John the miss I'm gonna put seven and a half to be safe you come back and you're like what the fuck was that? Because I killed it, dude. And you're like, you left like five kilo on the table. I'm like, sorry, man. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. ah, shit. It's so I, much more, so much different. I think that was actually like a huge advantage for us is because we came from the IPF background where you you do have all the competition. I mean, like me going against Gibbs, it made the attempt selection was everything for that competi- for that meet. Huge. And... So we kind of came in with a much better game plan than I would say most of the people there. I was looking at the attempt selection, like everyone miss, was missing like thirds at the U.S. Open this past year, and just clearly, clearly there's like a I bet the average for like USAPL is probably like seven made attempts, something around there, whereas like U.S. or uh, the U.S. Open was probably like six or something like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe some people three. Yeah, <laughs> they're like shit. I got a total. I'm skating with that. It's yeah. true. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about like the competition thing because it is true. We talked about it how like sports for it to, for us to grow and it to be entertaining. The reason why like um, like sometimes worlds matchups is so good. And you said it brings like it, it changes the game in terms of how you do attempt selection. And if you're used to that, um, but if I'm watching a fucking basketball game, if one team's up fifty points. Like, people are walking out of the arena. Yeah. People are turning the channel. Like, yeah, that's not a sport. It's just, you know, Michael Jordan <laughs> doing layups. Whereas, um, if it's a close game, I don't give a shit if it's number 8th and 7th in their division. Fucking back and forth, back and forth, right up to the end. Buzzer beater. I got my money's worth. I'm like, oh, shit, that was a damn good game. And mm-hmm. um, so it's one thing, like, like uh, you had and you've seen in the IPF where, like, attempt selection is huge. Um, dealing with that competitive competitiveness is huge. But in, in the untested, it's somewhat spread out. So it's like, shit, you break that record. Homeboy breaks the record three months later. You come back, take the record. And it's wicked for like social media wise. But streaming an event is like, shit, man, I can't. It's not the same, right? It's not the same like watching it. Do you feel like, do you miss the head-to-head gr- grindy matchups? Or do you think there's something else might come along like the U.S. Open could replace that and become that again or another competition? Um, I would like to see it. I think um, it seems like uh, like Big Dogs is definitely the big one for the, the heavyweights. The big boys, I, yeah. Yeah, I always joke with uh, 
the guy that runs it, I'm like, I want you to do like a little pups, like 200 pounds a number. <laughs> little pups. He's like, not sure that's marketable, John. We got to work on the yeah. name. You know, a little, little scrappy pit bull maybe or something. Yeah, which, which I would be a big fan of because, A, I do not like doing things based on Wilkes because it's not really – if, if it was IPF formula, that'd be nice because that kind of benefits my weight class. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's not going to happen outside the IPF. Yeah. Whereas, no. like, Wilkes doesn't really treat the 81s that well. Not at all, that, mate. That was, that was, like, another big part of it, Going why I didn't do the U.S. Open was because I was like, so they changed it up instead of it being, like, lightweight and heavyweight men. It was just all one weight class based on Wilkes. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to out Wilkes Yuri Belkin where he, when he's wearing – Knee wraps, and I'm in sleeves. Yeah. Like, it's it am I is, gonna hit a 2100 pound total at 181? It is ungodly what an 83, 82 kilo guy has to do to win a Wilkes. Like when Brett hit uh, 10 times body weight, and he came in, I think like third or some shit, like based off Wilkes. It was yeah. the the way the IPF formula, the new one works. It's about um, they crunch the data and it's yeah, it's a standard deviation or. Uh, yeah, how many yeah, standard like, deviation. So it's how far you're ahead of the, the, the medium. Like yeah. if you are way far ahead of everyone in the middle of the pack, that's why your 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 points are so far up. But it's your yeah. middle of your pack. So where people are like, how the fuck is Ray Williams not further up ahead? He's ahead of all the other heavyweights. But the distance between Ray... He's like 400 pounds. Yeah, the, yeah, that's true. Absolute weight. And the distance between Ray and the middle of the pack is great. But not as great as uh, Jesse Norris was middle of the pack when he hit the craziest. It's, that's the biggest IPF um, formula total we've seen in an IPF affiliated. So it's, that's where some people are wrapping their heads around like the IPF formula sucks, doesn't work. It's like, no, like if you think about it, standard deviations and shit, it probably works. Do you think it like is that something you think works the best or what are you thinking about that? Yeah, I think it's definitely skewed though because – you know, a lot of like newcomers are gonna be average sized people. So you're gonna you're gonna get beginners that are in the eighty threes and ninety threes and the seventy fours. Cause a lot like a lot of people come in and they, they move up weight classes, so you're gonna get more experienced uh, yeah, yeah, guys yeah. in the one oh fives. Yeah, so yeah, that's an interesting I wonder if there's a way we could track that. Because that's interesting. That's true. You walk yeah. in, the average dude walk mobbing the street is about buck eighty something. So the middle of the pack is deeper. And then to be yep. at the top of there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, man, I didn't even think about that yeah, yet. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get, like, I listened to your guys' uh, podcast when uh, you had the guy that what was his name, Joe, that Joe, made yeah. the. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to that and I was. I was kind of like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Because when I first saw it and I saw Ray, like, at 57 or whatever, I was like, no, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like I, I, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, he should probably be, like, at least top 20, you know. It is. Um, but, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a mathematician, so I don't know, or statistician. I don't know. It is tough because um, some things you can't necessarily account for. Like what you just said, it's like, so how do we, do we try to like handicap the 83? Like that'd be tough to, it's one of those deals where, I, like, you know what, Joe's, Like I almost think you just can't like, like I think it'd be almost better to do like a strongman type thing where it's like four big weight classes and yeah, you, know, the, you yeah, don't try and compare them. I think 
Um, even Joe said, he's like, win your weight class and just win it and have a dominant streak and fuck it, like you just made your, your, your mark. And he said, everyone should just look at that and this is almost should be viewed as an added on, but not like comparative mm -hmm. to like where you rest. That, and that's Joe who made the IPF formula. He's like, this should not gauge in you mentally where you're at in the world. Where are you at? Did you win US Open? Did you win the IPF Worlds? You're coming like fifth or whatever the shit. That should be your goals. And um, so, because the IPF, they don't give money and shit off that. They say best lifter, but, you know, I think winning your world championship is big. The thing where things change is if you have like the US Open 40 fucking K and you're using the Wilkes formula, which we know yeah, is, is old, man, and skewed. <laughs> it's like shit, and the data doesn't work. Like, like for you to yeah. for you to win on Wilkes would be fucking phenomenal. It'd be crazy. Yeah, like I'd have to basically put up like Ed Cohen numbers and just be like big time. Big time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another thing they're talking about um, people comparing. We were talking previously, like the women's Wilkes and the men's Wilkes, but they're two completely different formulas, two two completely different data sets, two different formulas. So the inputs and the outputs are one hundred percent different. Like, there's yeah. no correlation at all. So mm -hmm. the comparison doesn't really necessarily work. But you have competitions. If I'm not mistaken, maybe at the Arnold deadlift, don't they clump the men's and women's all together? I thought, I think uh, they, For the USAPL on the stage? I believe at Arnold Classic, they actually, a deadlift only, and had everyone just, like, a deadlift competition, but it's men versus women as well. And they just use a formula, but using two different formulas with... Huh? <laughs> that were that the two formulas were made out of two different. So the shit gets weird when we start using formulas to decide winners. Essentially, yeah, yeah. That's that's the toughest. Like at the end of the day, you're not going to make a perfect formula. There's always going to be some flaw you're going to find. It's even worse when you do a competition. You have two different formulas. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like, well, that kind of doesn't work. Like yeah, that's yeah. going to be difficult to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> So you kind of want to keep the the world separate. So I'm assuming you saw the U.S. Open. Yeah, uh, yeah, I watched the the men's competition. I and then I, wa I saw the results of the women's. Yeah, what'd you think about the men's? It wasn't. It was. It was all right, but it was kind of not not in question. Here, he's going to win it. To me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was going into it. I was like, well, Robin's going to walk away with it. Um, I, saw, I watched uh, Cody do well. I was kind of bummed when, oh, like. I, don't know, I was like a little flustered when they were saying he's like all time world record holder. I'm like, oh, but I didn't. <laughs> Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it just like bugged me. It, like, whatever. What, it's, was, it's not a big deal, but I was just like, oh, what the shit? Was your, so yours and sleeves also was a world record in, in raps, right? Um, so the way, like, it depends on who you look at for all time world records because powerlifting watch, they have like, raw with or they have a raw division and then they have a raw with or without wraps mm. and then i think you uh open powerlifting they treat them it's like raw without wraps and raw with wraps so and which one do you got so i have the raw without wraps and then through powerlifting watch i have the raw with wraps and raw with or without wraps and they were claiming some other guy had it or was about to take it? Yeah, so he, he got the, the open powerlifting raw with wraps. So his, so his total was slightly more, but you were in sleeves? 
No, his was slightly less. But he was in raps. And then, but they're like separate, which I don't know. I, what the it's shit? Confusing. Ah! It's confusing. <laughs> ah, you know what? I don't think that's too confusing. I think I, to me, well, I guess, fuck. There's no like, way. There's... For, my thought process is that, like, if I can walk into your competition and wear what I did, yeah. and I pulled more. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, yeah. like um, for instance, I know. Canadian national championships, their Canadian records. Um, if if I'm classic division or raw, if my total is more than the equipped, which would be fucking bizarre, but let's just work with yeah. that. Um, I get the equipped record as well. Yeah, that's that's kind so, of how I think it should yeah. be. And that's that's like official. And you know how stingy the IPF and everything is. That's how they work. They're like, nah. If a guy in a classic raw outdeads the equipped record, he just took the equipped. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You don't you don't stay safe because you're using more fucking gear, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a bit of an asterisk there. But um, for the for the guy who's commentating, he might I know because I've done a lot of commentating. Sometimes you're reading shit in front of you and you don't know like everything there, so you're just reading data points and trying to add to it. So he might have afterwards mm-hmm. be like, ah, yeah, all right, I might have threw that out there that John Hack actually has a little more. <laughs> but yeah, I would agree with you. I think that um, if you could do in sleeves, that's yours. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, yeah we'll see. And, and what did you think? What did, to you, what's more impressive? Because we saw, I think the two biggest lifts for me would be Belkin squat and Kaylor's 950 deadlift. What do you think is more impressive to you? Um, I think Belkin's just total was the most impressive. Because I, I mean, as someone who's not very like. I'm not insane at any of the single lifts. I have like a really good total. Uh, I put way more interest in the total. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that 950 was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I see. It's weird. So. Yeah. I guess. I guess all your fucking numbers are are right up there. Like, is there one that I guess you did you used to have one that you relied on as your bread and butter? I know for the IPF when you won the worlds, that squat was all everybody. Everyone's like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, that was like. 12 kilos above the the previous record. Yeah. At that time you were you were pro- like at that time was the squat your big your biggest weapon you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And now it's like my weak point. <laughs> you think so? Is that because of the quads and everything? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cuz I wouldn't uh, Like I think it's coming back now, so I'm not like not too worried about it, but Yeah. And and did you have so you didn't get to see the uh, Mariana and Steffi toe-to-toe battle because in terms of battles and we were just talking about like no one's in the same weight class we got to use Wilkes but Mariana dropped into Steffi's weight class and everybody's like oh shit mm-hmm. okay we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna do it like that now and they yeah. went toe-to-toe uh, right to the flipping end like that was like, well, I saw, I saw um, how much Mariana squatted and I was like well that's basically over. It was like, <laughs> it was like 30 kilos. It was insane. And like, beforehand, I was kind of looking at like what like Steffi hit in training for deadlifts and bench and what Mariana hit for bench and deadlift and squat. And I was like, and I saw 30 kilos. I'm like, oh, like I'm pretty sure Mariana had Steffi on bench too. Yes, like, she did. Steffi would have to hit like 560 yeah. deadlift or something like that. I'm like, we had, like, That's, we, we had um, Steffi on before the U.S. Open and her and Hayden were like, we think a 700 Wilkes probably going to take this. And, and mm-hmm. I thought, fuck, that's, that's huge, but 700, okay. And Steffi's like, I think I can hit 700, so I think yeah. that could, should take it. Steffi was like 698, 
and probably would have hit seven if she didn't have to. Like, wasn't pressed like chasing a demon like Mariana. So they were right <laughs> on point, but nobody thought like seven twenty. This is ridiculous. Yeah, that was crazy. That's ridiculous. Like like going into it, I was I was I'm a huge CC fan. I'm like nobody beats CC. CC CC beat everybody, and now I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you do you think Mariana's the best alive right now? What do you? Think? Oh yeah, that was like I really don't post like many other lifters, but I, I like reposted her squad, just being like, what? <laughs> yeah, what the, what is this all about? Yeah, she'd be a tough she'd be a tough one to beat. Um, I would love I, I we have to see CC Mariana. We got to now. Uh, yeah, I would like to see Cece, Stacy, and uh, Stacy Bird just retired. Didn't she, she retired. When did that happen? I never like. It, I didn't it, see that until I saw like. It was already your, over. Was it your guys' podcast? Or yeah. Something? Well, here's the problem. So this is what we're saying. Where uh, like like Paul, who's a co-host, was like, I didn't even fucking know she retired. The problem yeah. is um, because they don't like if you don't go to the big meets and you just do the small meets, you don't get to hear about it. It's like, yeah. shit, when did this happen? You need a big social media following to let people know. Or someone's got to repost it and let people yeah. know. Like, like we try to catch people up on powerlifting news. But, yeah, man, because um, everyone's spread out. You don't know what's going on. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Stacy's gone. Um, like, the big matchup now be Mariana, Cece, and Steffi, pretty much. Yeah. And poor yeah. Steffi. Like, so going to last year's U.S. Open, Steffi got the biggest fucking Wilkes of all time. And she's like, I'm thinking that's probably going to win it. That's what we thought, the projected winning. Fucking CeCe comes out of nowhere, and everyone's oh, like, yeah. boom. Takes she went on like her second deadlift, didn't she? Second deadlift. Didn't oh, even come out God. for her third. She had her car running when the third deadlifts were going on. She's like, I'm done. Thank you. Mail, oh, ma- mail me the fucking check. The, the competition's over. Next next U.S. Open rolls around. Steffi's like, all right, 700 Wilkes range. No one's ever seen that before. I'm planning on hitting that. That should seize it up. Fucking Mariana comes out, smashes 720, and she's like, can I buy a fucking win here? I'm, I'm, Steffi on that day, on both those days, was the second best, not that day, ever. Yes. Ever. And, but, but every time she shows up, somebody <laughs> else does something nobody's ever seen ever. You know, mm-hmm. like, she's like, nobody has a bad day when they go against Steffi just by shitty luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Steffi's like, can these girls get a bad fucking day, please? But um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough goings. Um, I want to see that showdown. Who do you? So who do you think would win if we saw Steffi, Mariana, and Cece? What do you think? Um, right now, Mariana. But yeah. I mean, in a year, who knows? Who the fuck knows? And someone new could come out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. What's a what's your? So your next one? Are you thinking is going to be tribute? Or sorry, which one did you say your next? Was it pro? Yeah, tribute, tribute. Is it tribute? Yeah. Okay. And yep. what are you expecting at tribute? Do you have other guys that are going to be going head to head with you there? Uh, I hope Ben shows up. I don't know if he's going to do sleeves or wraps, or if he's going to go one ninety eight or one eighty one. Mm. Um, I don't know who's going to do sleeves one eighty one. I don't think there's going to be like a true like head to head that I know of right now. Was it was it Ben's record total that you took? Uh, no, it's so I, I took uh, Malakes back uh, in okay. December for the hybrid meet, and then I I beat my own record. Oh, that okay, past okay, one. yeah, yeah. Malik had okay. Because which one did Ben had one ninety eight? Then he has one ninety eight okay. wraps record. Gotcha. I think I think Jesse still has the sleeves record. Yeah, 
No shit, yeah. Do you do you ever see yourself move into 198? Yeah, that's actually my plan after this meet, probably. Like, I want to hit 2K at 181 and then move up. And what's your body weight floating around right now? Uh, like 192 right now. That's, wow. You got, that's pretty small for 181 even. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't like doing, like, big cuts, so. Even 24 hours, just, like, keep it 10 pounds? Yeah, like, I, I mean, I'll creep up. I kind of creep up over, like, a um, training cycle. I'll get up to, like, 195 by the end. Mm, so it's, yeah. it's a it's a decent it's like a 14 pound cut yeah which still isn't like as much as some people are doing but it's it's not it's, it's not an easy one but it's not necessarily a hard one either it's not enjoyable that's yes, for sure no, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> like a water cut is um it's one of those deals where like uh yeah for some people even dropping 10 pounds is brutal um so i mean I've had I've had like cuts that are like ten pounds and I felt like holy shit that's my limit and I've had other people telling me they could do like fifteen easy I'm like how the shit some people do twenty I don't understand it. Um, and I remember uh, my second meet was raw unity, and I remember like talking to that that was like the big one for untested for a while. Yeah. And the rums is that the rum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rum. yeah I remember those. Yeah. And uh, I remember just like. So that was my second meet. I don't even think I had, like, Instagram at the time. <laughs> and so I was just complete nobody. See, like, Dan Green there. I remember hearing he cut from 255 down to 220, and he got back up to 257 the next day. And I was just Holy like, what shit. shit? That's insane, <laughs> man. And then I was talking to the other, like, 181ers in my class, and they're just like, how was your cut? And I think I was walking around, like, 184 at the time. And I was like, oh, I just <laughs> Like, I don't know, I, I didn't eat was, last, or like, how, I didn't eat breakfast this morning. How was your cut? You're like, oh, it's fucking tough. It was tough. And they're like, oh my God, I'm like 200 pounds. I'm like, what the Holy shit? Sh- so that was like my first experience with like powerlifting cutting. I'm just like, oh my God. You're, th- you're thinking, I'm missing a piece here. I think I'm missing, yeah. I, I think I'm a little outgunned this time around. I'm going to have to yeah. rethink this. <laughs> yeah, because um, that was 24 hour weigh in as well. Like, yep. it would have to be. Um, yeah, I remember the Dan Green days, man. Were you who? Who are the guys that you look up to coming up and now that like you watch like their training videos? Um, first guys I watched were, uh, I think Bryce Lewis was like one of the first like powerlifters I watched, and then Dan Green, a little bit of Brandon Lilly, uh, Eric Lidbridge. And I think uh, I'm probably missing some people, you, but you got some sumo pullers in there. Do you, do you see? You yeah. know, it's, it's interesting to me when someone first comes in conventional puller and they start they gravitate towards a sumo puller. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I you don't for discriminate. Me, it's just like who, whoever lives the most. I don't give a shit. You, you don't judge. Yeah. You, you, love is love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just calling them gay. Never mind. We'll let that go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I remember Dan Green. For me, Dan Green is that dude who, um, like, on Instagram, two, like, 300,000 followers, and he follows zero. He follows, yeah. He follows nobody. And then, and which, like, I don't know why, because who could pull that off? Usually, if you don't follow anybody, nobody follows you. They're like, fuck you. Like, what? You don't follow me? Except how many friends does he have and shit? And he follows nobody. But, yeah. But, but he could pull it off. That's when you're fucking. That's 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 some that's boss right there, right? Yeah. And the dude looks like a fucking comic book character. He's oh my god, seriously! Ridiculously jacked. Like um, he looks like he could 
pick up Milner. Yeah, man, he's a absolutely. What was he like? In, how big is he in real life? How tall is he? He's like my height, maybe an inch taller, but he's like twice my width. Yeah, it's crazy. Two. Have you seen Dan Green? Yeah, I've seen him. He's absolutely. I've never seen him in real life, but he's yeah, absolutely in massive. Pictures, yeah, his shoulders are like fucking heads. Like there are fucking hams underneath his t-shirts. Yeah, like his physique is stupid. <laughs> He's absolutely ridiculous. That like might be the mo- like the widest human being I've ever seen. Uh, you no, know, he. He's a, he's, a, he's a huge man. Uh, yeah. It's got to be very... Any shirt he throws on is tight as shit. Uh, <laughs> Where's where he based out of? Uh, Cal- North California somewhere. North Cal? Yeah. Uh, like, I want to say Sacramento, but that's where Mark Bell is. Because I did... I did Boston Bosses one year. I'm trying to think where it was. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Because um, yeah. his boss of Bosses, I believe, is WRP. Is that right? Yeah, WRPF. Yeah. And do you, yeah. now that you've gone into the untested, does it give, do you care which fed you lift in or? Um, I'm definitely going to like, I like USPA the most. I think I like what they're doing. I think they're basically the USAPL version of the untested. Because they're strict, so, they're strict calls. Like they don't just let anything pass. Yeah. I mean, there's like some meets where like, it, it depends on the individual judge, mm. but it seems like. Seems like they're a little bit more consistent than some of the other federations. WRPF doesn't seem too bad. Like, I was watching the U.S. Open. I, at least for the lightweight men, there were a few calls. I was like, wow, that was, like, I, I was surprised that got reds. Yeah, yeah. And, and did it help coming from the IPF where you're like, you know depth. You know, like, they're going to be tight. So when you come in, were you like, I'm, I'm already game ready? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, <laughs> I was like get mad when people are like, you can't judge depth from the front. I'm like, mm, yeah, you kind of can. <laughs> like, yeah, well, but you can, though. <laughs> you can, though. <laughs> you usually get an idea of it. The, I do agree, like, there are angles and shit. Like, there are yeah, def- definitely. Angles, yeah. Like, when I set up my phone, if I set up my phone from one angle, I'm like, oh, shit, that doesn't look very high or very low. And I set yeah. up from a different one, I'm like, okay, I'm all right. Like, I, I'll set it up from a depth angle. I'm like, shit, am I really high what the shit that felt okay to me and everything changes so there are yeah. angles i hate when a judge gets lazy or they've been there for like like all damn day and they're not moving out the chair for nothing and they're just sitting on a whatever <laughs> angle like well i hope you're giving a doubt to the re- to the lifter yeah because it, it, it totally makes a difference <laughs> um looking at the uh upcoming ipf worlds and this is i want to get your opinion on this because you have good insight you have unique insight into the battle of the 83s you are Russell's teammate, and um, Brett, obviously, you and Brett, like, is the biggest showdown, biggest rivalry we had in the sport. Yep. And they matched up once already, but what Russell has done in the gym with a 700 squat, a 720 pull, fresh, hadn't squatted or benched yet, mm-hmm. that, that'll be different meat day. But if Russell hits a 700 squat, and if Brett hits... 670, Brett outbenches him by by whatever the shit, but Russell keeps it close enough because he got a big squat in, and we come down to deads. If Russell can out pull him, what are we looking at? Do you think is it for is total it, or, or, or who wins? Um, or even both, even both. What, what do you think? Do you think because the thing with like Brett had a perfect day. He wasn't uber pressed after squats was done. He's the squat. They went back and forth. Half a kilo separated him. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Bench, he took it, and then he never released it. And Russell had a bat. Russell wasn't good on deads, far below his best on deads. 
Yeah. Um, and his total wasn't wasn't where it, it should be. But mm-hmm. I so Brett could eat food, not be pressed, and he could hit whatever the shit he wanted after that, right? He wasn't pressed. But if he's pressed, he might miss lifts. Like he he might win and his total could come down because you know what happens, like if, if you get all three in all three events, like you go nine for nine, fuck you, total's amazing. But when you're pressed and you're like, fuck, he just hit what for squat? If if Russell hits a seven hundred squat, Brett has to go big on bench. Now he misses bench, you know? What do you think happens this time around? So I was actually thinking about this. So um, a few weeks ago, I was kind of like, ah, Brett's train's not looking like that great. Russell's looking super on. And then Brett had, did that like local meet where he just kind of like said, fuck it on squat and bench. And then that 325 deadlift moved like crazy. And I was like, oh shit, he's, he's looking pretty good. <laughs> um, I mean, Russell still has his lifting going crazy well. He had that 710 squat. Which I was yeah. Just like, oh, oh, yeah, 710. Jesus right. Christ. Yeah, 710. I forgot. It was, yeah. So, it's... Um, so I think if I think if Brett goes three for three on squats, um, it's, it's going to be really tough to beat him because he's got such a good bench, too. Mm. Um, but, I mean, I'm... Personally, I'm rooting for Russ just because Team USA. But <laughs> yeah, uh, and team, I, mean, I, I still like Brett. So like, yeah, if, if he wins, I mean, it's it's still cool. But mm-hmm. um, total wise, I think they go around eight forty, maybe. Oh shit! Which is insane to think. Like Brett last year out totaled the ninety threes. That's how high yeah. his total was. And he said, yeah, I was he, actually just looking at the. Uh, um, all the nominations, I was just like, holy shit. Like, I was kind of like, I don't really know anyone in the 93s. Yeah. And I, I saw that, like, David Wilson is, like, the number one guy, and he has, like, 833 compared to, like, Brett's 830. I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, the 83 kilo is, um, because, like we were saying, the general population probably walks around that, around that body mass, the, the, how thick the division is in terms of talent pool is insane. Like to, to get to the top of, of 83s. Um, and Taylor, Atwood actually, when he was on the podcast said he was thinking about going 83 afterwards. He's going to make, yeah, he wants to make a run. He's got a showdown with, um, Oh my God. Gel. Yeah. Gel from Norway. Yeah. And, um, so they have a showdown. They have unfinished business. They both have won the world's, uh, Kajel won the first showdown against them, but Taylor wasn't Taylor, Taylor yet. Yeah. And uh, he wasn't T. Wood. He was I Taylor think Kajel, like kind of had a bad meet last year, right? Or did he go uh, last year? He, he got went, injured or something like that. He didn't do last year, but he did the Europeans in between. And, and his total wasn't crazy good, but he said like the Europeans was a little off for him. He did an 83 kilo, uh, but he wasn't actually 83 kilo, just didn't cut weight. And his, yeah, fucking, that's right. his total was ridiculous. And, uh, but, but it went under the radar cause it wasn't, it was in Europe and it wasn't like uh, you know, a lot of North Americans, we didn't see it. It wasn't streamed. Yeah. He doesn't have a massive Yeah, I was, I was, I was in his podcast with you guys too. And, and I was, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I've, I've always followed him because when I first started, he was, he was a pretty good 83 guy. Yeah. And I, I was kind of worried. I'm like, oh, man, this guy's like five foot like he has yes. to move like three inches he's five foot <laughs> man God damn it his levers are working for him his yeah he is just built for powerlifting so yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, that's a good showdown. I think both guys actually eventually want to go to 83, but a Taylor move in 83 too, man. Like, this is going to be a War of the Worlds, like, not just this year, but next year's 83s. 83s are always going to be stacked. Mm-hmm. Like, Taylor's probably around that height, um, but he's going to have to put on some mass. How do, like how big do you think you'll get when you move up a weight class for 198? Uh, I probably wouldn't want to go too much over, like, I'd probably, like, walk around, like, 198 for the first one or so, maybe get up to, like, 205. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cut too much. Yeah. Because do you think with 24-hour weigh-ins, is it giving up too much size? Because some of these dudes will be like, like, you know, 24-hour, and some of these guys are going to pull a Dan Green. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? You're like, yeah, this... also, I, also, I just don't want to, like, look that thick. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like sometimes even, like, at 195, I'm like, god damn, I'm like... I'm, it, I'm pushing it, uh, like, it, how thick I'm getting. You, you look for sure muscular and athletic. But it's like, um, I mean, this is going to sound cheesy, but like a Captain America from Avengers. Like that, though. Where you're like, no, yeah, like, yeah. I, I want to look more like athletic than, yeah, than the like Hulk. a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where you look like the Hulk. Um, so do you yeah. think 198, like, do you think around 205, though, will be enough? Or do you think you, you think like to, to hang? I guess you'll only know when you get there, but. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely push it more, but I think, I think to start for a couple, few meets, I could do like 205 and then. If, yeah. if my left stall, I can maybe move up to, like, 210. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the beauty about, like, putting on a weight, man. Like, mass moves mass. On the flip yeah. side, there is diminishing gains. You don't want to start getting chubby. Yeah. <laughs> right? Is it is <laughs> exactly. it easy for you to, like, because you've always been around the same size, as long as I've known you anyways. Mm-hmm. Is it, is uh, it going to be hard, yeah, you think? I, mean, I think getting up to, like, 200 will be pretty easy. I think, like, 205 to 210 might be a little... Little yeah. tough. Yeah, especially if you want quality. Like, yes. I could tell you, right, like, I'm around 190. I'm 5'9", 190-ish, so kind of like the same type proportions. <laughs> um, Big-ass piece, you know. But um, I got up to uh, my heaviest, or like 220 in um, one pretty. Ah, one pretty. <laughs> that one pretty, okay? I was doing, like, some feats of strength for charity and shit, like pulling planes and stuff, so I needed mass. And yeah. y- you can get there. Like, you can make pasta, add a shitload of butter. Like, getting there is, you'll get there if you want yeah. to, but you won't. The diminishing, and you'll move mass, too. You'll move more mass. But the laws of diminishing gains, it slows down at the top end, <laughs> and it's not pretty all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it depends on where your body kind of likes to rest that. But you can, like, fuck, man, I was, like, I could drink every weekend, smash food, get up, feel amazing, recover, like, so fast because I'm eating so many calories. Fuck, oh, yeah. fuck cardio. Like, I do try, I, you, you track steps so you don't go over. <laughs> you, you look at it like, I am being far too active today. I got to slow it down because I got to maintain my size. I have burned too many calories. Today. I have burned too many. This is not efficient for me right now. But um, do, you, do you even track calories right now? Yeah, I work with a hybrid. They do. Oh yeah. I do, I do macros with them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like right now, I'm kind of lazy about it coming off of meat, but like I'm actually after that's gonna go grocery shopping and actually meal prep. Yeah, and um, so they'll probably help you bulk up. Yeah, yeah. And how you like working with them? Is it who is your macro coach? Uh, Greg. Okay, so it's not so, Steffi or Hayden. No, it's not one of them. Okay. But um, yeah, I like work with them. It for me like. I mean, I've kind of had like a idea of macros, but it's it's nice to have someone like 
tell you what to do and just not worry about it. Yeah. I, I know for me, I was like shocked. Like I, if you just want to talk like calories, give me 3000 calories. I'll eat 3000 calories. No problem. But when I actually crunch the numbers, I'm like, I just eat all carbs and fat. And like, I, I if you just See, that's left, a, that's the biggest thing for me is like, as long as I focus on like protein, uh, like my body just kind of naturally like craves like carbs if I need them or fat. Yeah. But like it's, it's protein that I have to like focus on. One of, dude, if I, if I don't make an effort, I'll have like fucking 50 grams of protein. Like I, I don't, it must be a sweet tooth or like peanut butter and honey sandwiches or whatever the shit, but I just don't, I, that's why people like make fun of, oh, you track macros. It's like, well, if, if you want to take shit seriously and your body needs what, well, with what we do, you need protein. I swear to God, man, I like <laughs> all my protein. I got to force that shit in. I don't know yeah. if, what the hell. Um, I mean, I'll get it from like chicken and stuff, but, and it, that's harder to, do you like cook in, in the whole nine? No, I do like basically all like free, like, so for my typical meals, I, I, I make like a breakfast burritos with like eggs and bacon and cheese. Oh, damn. That's so I make like four of them at a oh, time and have one. Yeah. I have like one a day uh, with okay. a Greek yogurt. Yeah. And then my lunch is usually like those Uncle Ben's 90 second rice. I'll have like half a packet of that. And then uh, it's called like Curly's. They have like pre-cooked shredded chicken. Oh, okay. just, just heat that up in the microwave and have like half one of those. So, so you, it's like, you live in like a bachelor. Comes, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I travel a lot. So I don't like I don't like cooking. And yeah. 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 Do you are, are you single right now? No, I'm not. Okay. Do you live with your girl? No, she's actually in California. Okay. Because I was going to say, when you live... So, initially, um, when I started dating my girl, and she was like the one who was like, "May you... Like, have you had a vegetable today? When's the last time you had a vegetable? <laughs> and I was like, I fucking had ketchup. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know. It's a... I had potato. She goes... Potato chips? She goes, potato's not a fucking vegetable even. Like, it's barely a vegetable. You know what I mean? She's like... So, I was... She became my macro coach... And like I was eating, I was like a like like you, like a total bachelor, like a frat boy almost. Yeah. Like I was like, my <laughs> cheese was fucking cheese slices, and like my only I microwave my shit, and that's it. Like I don't prep food, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she was kind of like, man, you gotta like get some kind of micronutrients, like get some vegetables in here. What's your macros at? She goes, what's your macros at? I was like, fuck is a macro? I don't know. And she was like <laughs> trying to explain to me, like you don't eat protein, whatever. And then afterwards, you feel way better, like recovery, energy-wise, and whatnot. Like it's it's a it's a pretty big difference in the long term, especially if you yeah. Like I definitely noticed uh, the biggest thing was like I feel like my uh, my energy levels are just like constant throughout the day. Whereas like if I'm not really tracking, maybe I'll have like a shit ton of carbs. I mean, I still kind of do like center my carbs around training, but like it was like shittier carbs where I'd have like a real spike during training, but the rest of the day I just feel like shit. Yeah. Oh man. I I would smash pasta. Like, I fucking love pasta. I'm not Italian, but I should be. I would <laughs> smash pasta, but, like, probably spike my insulin and, and then later on have to take a nap in the afternoon, and I'll still do that every now and then. But, yeah, it's it's big. What we know now in terms of, like, nutrition and performance is, like, we're far ahead than we used to. Do you drink, too? Uh, not really. I mean, I, like, after a competition, I'll take, like, one or two weekends where I'll kind of go, like, kind of crazy but do your damn thing every time every every time after i'm just like have the like 
since turning like 25, my hangover's been just so much worse. And I was like, <laughs> this sucks. It, it, um, I know what you mean. Like if I, I can get hungover for two days now. What yeah, the fuck like is that for all me, about? It, it feels like a whole like, like I feel like good enough after like the first day, but like it feels like a whole week where I'm just like lethargic in the gym, just like oh this sucks. It's um I think if people don't work out, they're like fucking two day hangover. How is that possible? No, I can like function. I can go to work and shit like that. It's not like I can't. It's not like I'm laid up. Like like when people think hungover, I just mean because when you work out, I just mean like yeah when you go to the gym you feel like shit and you're like man this is. This is tough. Like, like it's, I still, I still like feel like I'm like sweating beer out and stuff like that. <laughs> so I've gotten a lot better of just like going out and just having like a couple beers. So yeah, and I've had. Um, I think someone's telling me there. There's research. Didn't read it myself. Could be total bullshit. Full disclosure. But someone's telling me too. Uh, the alcohol impacts your nervous system as well. Like how it responds. Like it just it can make oh, you. It makes it would make sense. Like it is like a poison in your body, right? So yeah. not only do you feel like shit, but yeah, like you've diminished yourself. And yeah. I, for a little while, I mean, I was live, living that life. I yeah. Living. I mean, like for me, there's a, there's this drink that me and my friends do. It's called a polar bear fight, which I don't know if you know what a bear fight is. It's a Irish is that, is car that? bomb. Oh, okay. It's Irish car bomb followed by Jager bomb. And then a polar bear fight is those two with a Rumpelman's shot at the end. So it's like four or five drinks. <laughs> It's, it's. Oh, you, you down all of them. Yeah. And I have like certain friends that like every like when we go out, they're like, we're doing polar bear fights. And it's actually usually me, which is <laughs> the best part. I, I've kind of gotten away from that. That's you. That's you who goes, we're doing polar bear fights, gentlemen. Yeah. Let's do if it. If I'm like going out and like I'm getting fucked up, it's like we're doing polar bear fights. We start with polar bear fights. We end the night with knife fights. That's how we do it. Yeah. That's how we fucking do it. <laughs> all friends. But if, I, like, if I'm doing that, then it's like, mm. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm, you, I don't black out, but I, I'm like I'm puking tonight. Have you have you ever been at a moment where it's night t- like at the end of the night you're like oh shit tomorrow's gonna suck oh, oh no yeah. I'm gonna like, really every time bad. I do a polar bear fight I'm like it's, it's gonna suck you know like you're about to go to sleep you're like oh no oh this guy everything's gone tomorrow everything I was gonna do is gone I was uh, uh, Robbie Burns Day. Um, do you know Robbie Burns Day? It's like a Scottish, it's a Scottish uh, St. Paddy's Day in January. No, I don't know about it. I didn't know about it until I, I started dating Kathleen. She's super Scottish. Did you, you didn't know about it neither. I didn't so. know about it until you're, you're yeah. pretty. <laughs> and um, so I didn't know. My girl's Scottish. Robbie Burns Day is like fucking St. Paddy's Day. Her like grandparents would be, like she, her parents would throw a kegger with like 200 people <laughs> and her grandparents are in kilts drinking. It's crazy. And um, Robbie Burns Day, man, the next day, I swear to God, I was awake for maybe an hour. Like maybe, maybe an hour. I lost a day. Like I lost oh a day. God. Monday rolls around. Three months, three months afterwards, Paul goes with me. I haven't been drunk since like fucking the holidays. I'm like, bro, me and you on Robbie Burns Day were like fucking singing with a band or some shit. Or like, I was like, dude, it was, it was messy. He goes, I totally blacked that out of my life. He goes, he didn't remember it. I was like, what, where were you hitting the head that night? Dude, it was insane. There was bagpipes. But, um, but yeah, it, uh, it can, I know you mean we're, um, especially if you're training now, if I have something coming up, like a competition eight weeks out, like not even drop. Like, yeah, that's, that's the same thing with me. Like I definitely, uh, I have like a lot of people and like I work in a bar too, which is like, Oh damn. Oh, like end of the night. A lot of people are like, 
I get shit for this because uh, we get like a shifty at the end of the night, and like every once in a while, I'll just like I'll either have like a root beer or a glass of milk, and they're like, "You're drinking milk at this time?" I'm like, yeah, I want to go to bed. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, don't tell me it's warmed up with some cinnamon in it. No. <laughs> Can you warm this up, please? So, what, what do you work at the bar? Uh, bouncer. Oh no, shit. do you like that? Yeah, it's fun. I wouldn't see. I don't think I could do deal with drunk people. You gotta, you gotta be able to like de-escalate situations and shit with your words and stuff. Like I, I just, I don't like dealing with drunk people. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, I don't really deal with like all that much shit. It's, I guess it depends on the bar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a, like an occasional fight, but it's never like a huge brawl, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I even um, even like if I'm with my friends and I'm not drinking, they can annoy me. <laughs> right? Like it's that's like, fair. It's like God, that's that's fair. That's probably fair. And that's probably me too when I'm drunk. So that's, Oh yeah. That's I, I relate to that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like you'll go out for like um if it's UFC and I'm super in the UFCs. We go for UFC if I'm driving, but I just like I legitimately just want to watch the fights as like a fan, but mm-hmm. everybody's getting drunk or whatever. I'm like, fuck man, I almost want to stream this shit at home. Like I can't be around you guys right now. This is too much. Everyone's loud as shit. Like, dude, are you yelling at me? I'm right in front of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like yeah. spitting in your face, like ah, fuck. But um, but yeah. Anyways, so uh, so your picks? Did we get to your picks for the IPF Worlds? Um, Who did you think? Did you pick somebody? Or I, I, I said if Brett goes three for three on squad, I think he takes it. And do you think looking at this? Because I think um, Russ's here's the toughest part with this. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk talk shop with the game here, and you've been here, you've been in these showdowns enough. Yeah. So. Russ kind of wants to build off the squad event, I feel like. I feel like yeah, Russ's definitely. day for sure is he's not like the he's got a decent pull, but it's not big enough. It's he's not a he's probably neck and neck with Brett with pull. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna be the squad. And here's what's tough. He's gonna win or lose on the spread on the squat. Do you think he do you think Russ first off out squats Brett not by like half a kilo or like you know by chipping, but do you think he can decently out squat Brett? And in doing so, the danger is how fucking far does he try to push it before teetering over, missing his third, and now the day's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll out squat him. Um, it's, it's just going to come down to is it enough to beat up Brett's bench? Yeah. Like I think Russ is around like a four forty, maybe like maybe four fifty bench now. I don't know. Pants. But like, yeah. The Gibbs is getting up to like four ninety ish. He he's get has he touched five hundred in the gym? I want to say he did, but am I lying? Uh, I don't know if he's, he's hit five hundred. He's around like, there. It's different. Yeah, it's different. Like in comp, obviously, like you already squatted and blah blah blah, so it can be tougher. But um, yeah, and that's where I think the tough part is. Like if you're a big puller. Um, like your final dead is totally dictated on what you have to pull to win. It's easy. You're like, how his days usually, if you're the biggest puller there, yeah. what is it? What you already, his day's already done. Like there's no guesswork. Mm-hmm. The tough thing with, with Russ is he doesn't know. He doesn't know what his last squad has to be. <laughs> He's guessing. And then if, yeah. he, if he gets too ambitious and goes over and misses, it's only a second squat. And if he goes too conservative and he had 10 more pounds, that would have been 10 more pounds you would have forced Brett to benching. 
Yeah. You know, so that's where it's 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 going to come down to handling, um, more than likely. Do you, yeah, it's it's tough. I think they both have like equal potential, but they also have like potential to like yeah get into each other, like get into like their own head about like attempts. Yeah, one hundred percent. You almost just want to be like like um if I if I was Brett, I almost don't want to try to out squat him and just stay in the pocket because I can catch up with the other lifts. Like, you can almost concede, like, almost let him, but if you hang back too much on squat, you're not pushing him to do anything crazy either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's a, who, what, what position would you rather be in? The, the, guy, the guy with the big squatter or the guy with the big bench and, and the same dead as the other guy so that you can kind of, because you, you're... Very, I, I mean, the bench is definitely like, yeah, having the, the big bench has its advantage for being after the squat, so you kind of know, like, how much... Yeah. You have to pick up. Yeah, it's almost. Do you think they did at parity? So it's almost like Brett's like, all right, you out squatted me by this much. I got out bed out dead or sorry, bench you by slightly more, and oh, we'll just fucking pull for the win. We're gonna be neck and neck. It's almost like that. Yeah, yeah. Like he definitely has an advantage with that. Yeah, I would say. And then, uh, then God knows what happens with the deadlifts. If somebody just has one of these big ass hell marys. Yeah, you know? I mean. Are you going they, to? They could both like pull something out of there yeah. i'd like that's the thing is i feel like russ doesn't really have grip issues whereas brett does so maybe if he could push brett to have to hit a big pull yeah that, i think that's that's where it could be is there is there any other big showdowns that you that you're looking forward to in the ipf do you still follow do you watch the ipf worlds and still follow it quite a bit yeah i mean i still watch definitely the 83s um like i said i really don't watch i don't know many of the 93s but then like ls who i i love watching him yeah so i'll like i'm not gonna watch a whole session just for him i'll watch the his highlights yeah uh like last year i watched the 105s oh hell yeah that was, that was awesome um is uh what's the what's the deadlift guy is he doing it this year um uh versus becky, I, versus versus becky, becky yeah i think he is I didn't see him on the nominations, but maybe. Oh, maybe he's not. It. I'll double. I'll have to double check that. Fuck, if he's not, that's really because Bryce is Bryce is gone. If he's gone and Bryce is gone, the one hundred fives doesn't have nearly as much of a draw for. I mean, they're still stacked, but that's huge. Yeah, I wish there was a way for. Uh... Yeah, I don't see him on the the nominations. Shit, here. man, that sucks. That's unfortunate, man, because he's huge, and no Bryce Lewis either. Then. Yeah, um, and his... Uh, you got Eli. U.S. has got Belkin? Eli. Because, like, um, or what's what's his name? Belvin? There's a... There, oh, Blevins. Blevins, yeah. I, I think Eli... I don't think Blevins can go because it said reserve on the nomination, but he's number two. Mm, um, so I think reserve would be up to 21 days. If someone pulls out, you can put in a reserve... And it doesn't have to be the guy in your weight class pulls out. If a guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So whoever pulls out, he could go in. But there's, I think you have four reserves. So I think they're gonna do. They'll put in the reserve they think's got the best shot, given their weight class. Now 105, Versbecki's gone. Lewis is gone. They might be like shit. You know, Blevins. It never looks so good. You know, <laughs> like this. <laughs> it gets better and better for you when those big guys are gone. Um, what do you think about the uh, the heavyweights too? With um, Luke Richardson, who's like calling out Ray, 
And like, um, there's Luke Richardson Pavlo from Ukraine who who looks like a fucking comic book character. He's he's so massive. And they're all going in the open now. They're like juniors. Oh, really? like, yeah, they're juniors. We're like, fucking, yeah. let's go in the open. And they are huge men. Like these guys are huge. And um, Luke Richardson's making posts, calling out Ray, like we're gonna rock and roll, we're gonna rumble. He's training with like Eddie Hall and all these strong men. He's like, <laughs> he wants to win the IPF Worlds, beat Ray Williams, yeah. upset that dynasty, then go into strongest man, strong man. And that's his plan. Oh shit! And and he's he's. Uh, I mean, I haven't really, I haven't followed. Uh, I've, I've I see Luke's lifts every once in a while, like when you guys post it or when like it gets on Reddit, but I yeah. don't really. It's that kind of like scroll past it. I don't, I don't yeah, like see what the weight is. It's when we do the preview shows, we'll break it down more. Um, we'll do like a division to, by division breakdown. But fuck me, he's he's got some big lifts. Like the heavyweights usually is like the Ray Williams show, and that's that. This year yeah. might be different. Jezza, I think, is back. We'll double check. I'm not sure if he's on the nominations. He was trying to, anyways. Uh, I saw him on the nomination. Is he okay? Yeah. That all depends on if he could pass a squat. If he gets a squad sure. in, God knows. Yeah, where is it this year? Is it Sweden? Sweden? Oh, that's yeah, a fun yeah. Place. Yeah, we're all going. I'll be um, commentating. I'm lifting in the uh, Masters now. I'm a. Gotcha. I'm, I'm one old of the man. one of the old dogs. <laughs> I'm one of the old. I call it the OG division. Yeah. You know, I call it the OG division. <laughs> but that's good because then I could lift and have the rest of like I could chill out, drink, eat like a king, and not fucking. Man, the worst in the world is is like doing water loading while live on the air and you got to rock a piss and it's oh like oh my god it's like three hours live live tv so you're like holy shit <laughs> you're like, and he gets it and you're like, like squeezing in like a five minutes i'm running to the washroom there's a lineup I'm like, come on man <laughs> it's brutal and um and i couldn't drink they were like the BD team goes out, drinks, dinner, eat, drink, be jolly and i can't fucking eat and drink or nothing it's like a huge pain in the ass Whereas, um, and I think it's also going to be on the Olympic channel, which is cool. Oh, really? That'd be yeah. nice. And commentating, you're, I'm actually on a, on a TV channel now, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> right? So <laughs> I can go. put that as a feather in the cap. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're looking forward to it. It should be a good competition. Um, so um, looking forward for yourself on this calendar. We've had you for like an hour 15, my friend. Uh, thank you very much. Um, yeah. But before we let you go, a little look ahead. What are your future plans for 2019? Are we looking at 198 for 2019 or? Uh, probably not. So my plan is tribute in August. And then I think I'm going to take a break till Pro Raw, which is in March of 2020. Oh, okay. Um, I usually only like to do like two, maybe three meets a year. Yeah. So. And, and Pro Raw, that's in the Australia? Yep. And are we thinking you're going to be uh, 198 by then? Is that that, that, that off-season to bulk up a little? or? Yeah, so their weight class is like 80 kilos to 95 kilos, and oh, it's two-hour weigh-in. Oh. And I, yeah, so so my plan is to try and go 90, and then I'd like to go for – I don't know if it like works out that way, but if I can weigh in under 90, I'd like to try for Jesse's record at 198. Oh, shit, that'd be sweet. Wow, that's not, yeah, okay, well, there you go. There's a little bit of a preview. Um, and just for anyone listening, if they want to follow you in uh, leading up to any of these competitions, how do they see you on uh, Instagram and YouTube and whatever? Uh, my Instagram is Bilbo underscore Swaggins 181. Um, I don't, I have a YouTube. I think it's jhack 181, but I don't really post on it yeah, anymore. Me, me neither. 
That yeah. shit died out. Oh, I feel like I was think like, oh, I should get back into YouTube, and then I kind of like take a few videos. I'm like, ah, that's too much work. I'm just gonna post the, it is, the top set. Dude, it is work. My man does YouTube. It is you have to like actually edit and like put like stop like it's time consuming. It is yeah. time consuming, man. If you're if you're built like that, all right, cool. But like, it is you, some people do full editing, music, have fucking credits and shit. Do you do all that too? I try. Like, mine isn't as fancy as like the professional like videographers, but like, it's it's like how does it work? How does how does um? Do you ever like Russ Wall and them? Don't they have like? Do they have full on editing teams doing their shit? Uh, I think Russ does a lot of his own stuff. He might have like I know he has a guy that. Like sometimes films films yeah. for him. I don't know if he does the editing. Some people have a guy. You need a guy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. I mean, Russ, Russ is probably making good enough money through YouTube where he could like have a guy. I think. It's getting to the part where you can have a guy. Yeah. Yeah. He like that's some the good ho- skits in there too. <laughs> well, does he? On his yeah, on his Instagram stories, I'm seeing some funny skits he's putting out too. See, <laughs> yeah, I like you you to get to that hump, that threshold where you can actually bring in dough and actually get a guy. Like there's a lot of fucking work. If that's mm-hmm. not, if you be like, because you, um, you went to school. Are you still in school right now? No, I, I graduated in 2016. You, when you're when your like plate is full and you're like training like crazy, got a job, girl, the whole nine. It's tough to find. And if do you do programming for people and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, l- let people know how they, they can get a hold of you for that as well. Oh, um, so it's through my email, jhack30 at gmail. Um, yeah. uh, it's it's on my my Instagram. And do you do mostly, real quick before we let you go, because uh, I want you to be able to plug it a little, do you do mostly RPE, percentage-based? Um... So I do, uh, I give numbers for the main list, and then I do RPE for uh, just accessories. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of, like, it's it's how I do my own training. I kind of, like, pick a number, and I'm like, all right, I want to hit this. Like, this is how, like, I want to hit it around an RPA, but, yeah, you know. Sometimes I hit for RP seven. Sometimes it's like a nine that day. But yeah, 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 yeah. And and you stay within. I got you. And do you do? Are you still with Joey, or are you doing your own right now? Uh, I do my own thing right now. Do, yeah. Do you think you'll go back, or are you thinking like you're gonna take the wheel and drive it? Um, I mean, I've like I've been on my own since the U.S. Open in 2018. So yeah, I think I think at this point I'll probably just do my own thing. Um. Maybe if there's like another big one that I'm just like, oh, I've got like a lot on my plate. Like, can you just handle my own my programming? But yeah, I I kind of, um I travel a lot for my job, so the way I do my program is I like kind of plan out four or five days, but I'm pretty flexible with them. What, um, what job do you travel for? So I do. Um, we I'm a project manager. My company installs. Um, water dis- disinfection technology, and so I have to go around and Dude, do a you, lot of uh, savings analysis and figure out the best way to install them. Do you got three jobs? Yeah. Shit, man, you're a grinder. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit. So you got three, so you do that, bounce on weekends, um, do pro, you're a coach, as well as like a world record breaker and um, like a professional power lifter. We could do four yeah. jobs. Shit, dude. And you yeah, got like, gr- There's a couple times on like, I'll take like a weekend off from bouncing. And I'll just be like, "Oh my god, I don't know what to do." It like this is what like having a normal like forty hour work week. Is. No, this is amazing. Shit. Like, uh, so I usually train on Saturday mornings. And, like, if I don't, if I'll take like a Friday night off, I'll have like just a crazy good Saturday workout. 
Yeah, you're like, wow, like, I got oh my energy. God, like, Holy smokes. Awesome. No, there's no way you could run a YouTube channel, man. You would need a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would like have to stop sleeping or something. Yeah. It's crazy. And um, it's almost better your girl's long distance. If she was around, you wouldn't notice <laughs> the difference anyways. You know? Like, that's <laughs> tough. Do you, uh, is it tough balancing all that? Working? Because that's, man, your schedule must be insane. I'm, uh, fuck, I, have I, yeah, I, I have certain weeks that are like, like if I'm traveling, if I help on an install, if it's like a particularly like tough one, um, then like there's occasionally like twelve to like fifteen hour days where it's Jesus. just like, and like I've done like three of them in a row a couple times, and then I have to come back and then bounce that night, and I'm just oh, like, oh man, like the, the, that week after is always like the most rough where I'm like, the eh, training's gonna suck this week. Yeah, yeah, and that's like, like, maybe, maybe this will be a deload. Yeah, <laughs> they were doing back-to-back deload weeks. Fuck me, I feel uber more appreciative of you taking fucking like an hour and a half of your day now. This is probably the only time you got. This was when you were yeah. going to eat and sleep. This is oh, actually, uh, I had tonight off, so. Oh, wow, perfect timing. <laughs> nice. So when you're peaking yeah. the competition, like, do you kind of drop off, like, some of yeah, the balancing? How you, or How do you balance that? Like, that's a lot. Um, like, I mean, I'm pretty good about... Um, like online coaching, I, I do all my programming on Sundays. That's like one of the reasons I I don't really advertise it as much as like some other people. I just like if someone emails me about it, I'll let them know the information. But, but, but yeah, you you guys. The same time I don't like too big of a client load, and as long as I can answer questions pretty pretty easily yeah during the week and then uh, most of my clients are like pretty understanding i'll be like hey like might be like you might not get like the form check until you know a couple days after this competition or like a like if it's like the friday of wake wake cut i'm like uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it on sunday and get back to you and do you do you like do you like this hustle and grind moving quick like like in terms yeah. of being busy are you the type of dude who who just could sit around and chill yeah, I mean, I, st- I still chill, but, like, I, I, at the same time, like, I grew up on a farm, so, like, I've yeah. always, yeah, yeah. working, like, crazy hours isn't unheard of for me, so. Yeah, it's more of the same than for you right now. Yeah. But is there anybody um, you would like to thank before we let you go? Um, I guess I'd like to thank all my training partners, like, Dwight, Jake, uh, Tyree, and then... Uh, I'll give a shout out to my football coaches, uh, Coach Kleppy and Coach Roar, who are like two guys that kind of got me into lifting the most, I guess. And uh, do you have any sponsors that you should shout out? Yep, I have uh, A7 and Hybrid. There you go, my man. Cool. Listen, thank you for giving your time. Uh, Much appreciated, as always. Good luck. Everybody should be paying attention to the tribute. And uh, keep us in the loop, man. We'd love to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime. See you, bye. Yeah. And when we were uh, just talking there, um, and, and officially, oh boy, we're doing the outro. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Kathy, last time, didn't realize we're still filming the outro. <laughs> and he was like, oh shit, was that the outro? Well, we you were just shooting. the end button. I was like, <laughs> oh man, that was recording. No, we were recording. Um, Jesus. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Um, when he was talking about all of his jobs, like I was like, "Hang on a second. Yeah, because he started bouncing. Then he yeah. brought in. He's like, "I travel a lot." And I'm like, "Who travels for bouncing?" And then uh, bar to bar. And I knew. I, I thought I seen that he did coaching, and I was like, 
my man, how many jobs you got? Because, <laughs> like, uh, three or four, holy shit, man. Like, this guy is, like, on top of, because I say four because as a power lifter for him, they actually make, like, there's 40K prizes or 20K, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, he, it's, it's actual professional powerlifting for him. At this point, like, damn, man. Mm-hmm. He is hustling, like, uh, for anyone who, like, comes up with, oh, I'm busy. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough for me to squeeze. Well, I would lift, but here's here's the reason I why. I gotta watch Netflix after yeah, work. It's like, I man, time. <laughs> this dude's got no time at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wouldn't even, he couldn't drink. He's probably up every damn morning doing something. Mm-hmm. Sleeping until noon. He could not lose a day if he got no, hung over. No, But, uh, yeah. it suck if you got sick. Put everything back. No shit, eh? <laughs> For him to take a week dude. off? Yeah. That's a week off of four jobs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, that's tough, too, in terms of, like, training. I know what it's like. Like, you know, like, trying to, like, doing the king of the lifts, got a day job, uh, coaching people, do, like, whatever, the sh- all the different things we're doing. And I got, a like, a big project. I'm not ready to announce, but for this summer, uh, I think I might have told you in passing, working with, like, big municipalities like the city of Toronto, putting together these big projects and stuff. So there's a lot of, like, crap on my plate mm-hmm. and I'm peaking for world championships right. and it's like um, and I, I commentate at the world championships on top of that so there's a lot of stuff and um, I like hearing stories like John's yeah because it makes you like no this is possible yeah. sometimes I'm worried like mm-hmm. man I do a lot of things yeah I'm like one of those people too who likes to stay busy but then somebody's get overwhelmed and you remember these stories and you're like other people do this, this is possible. too yeah <laughs> and, and there are times when it also makes me feel better like there are days where I'm like I don't think I'm like, I don't think like after my day job, I have a shitload of work to do. Mm-hmm. Things pop up, some meetings and stuff. You, I've told you, and I'm like, I'm not going to make the gym. Right. Because the, they, the meeting has to happen right afterwards. Right. And um, it's not predetermined by me. It has to happen. Then another meeting right afterwards to firm something else up. And I'm like, fuck, I don't think I'm going to work out. I might have to squat, move my squat and bench days, same days and do whatever the fuck I have to do. And I'm like, Leave ah, me am I? When you promise yeah, but that's a whole nother one. That's a whole nother one. But, um, you know, you get worried, like, oh, shit, am I, like, how's this impact? But this is real life. Yeah. Like, there are like, like, guys at the very top mm-hmm. who have to deal with the same thing all the time as well. Yeah, so yeah. much respect to him after hearing, like, it helps. what he's doing. Yeah. It makes you not feel quite as bad. It's not a, a get-out-of-jail-free pass to, like, just fuck the dog and take mm-hmm. days off. You know he's not doing that. But right. it at least helps you know, like, nah. And when you show up to competition, these other guys, and if you're listening to your girl, these other girls, like, they probably had some off weeks too, some mm-hmm. off days too. They're dealing with some shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you, when you come into the competition, this is why I tell everybody when they're going to take a day off. I'm like, you won't remember all the good days. You'll remember every day you took off. Mm-hmm. When it's the day of, you're like, fuck, I could have done a little more though. Yeah. Ah, I wish I would have started a little sooner. The worst ah, going to be platform. You miss a lift and look back and be like, was there anything else I could have done? Yeah, before? like, ah, yeah. shit. Now, now I remember cliche, it's true, it's true. <laughs> yeah. or, or right before it's about to happen. Um, if you miss too many days, that's when it starts playing with your head. Mm-hmm. But when you show up and you're like, I'm uber ready, like I, mm-hmm. like I'm ready. Yeah. You're far more relaxed and confident. Mm-hmm. But, um, but at the, on the, on the flip side, if you end up in one of those situations, remember to tell you something, everybody deals with this shit. Mm-hmm. Everybody's missed a couple days here and there. Have some, almost never is anybody hundred percent. Brett actually told me, um, leading into the nationals, he's helping me with peaking, and um, I remember like this when I had my hip problem, right. and it greatly impacted my squat. Like, oh man, Brett, I'm worried because how much will I have to dead? How much will I have to bench to get this total, that total, etc.? And he was like, "You're assuming everybody else you're lifting against is going to be 100. percent 
you look at all their numbers and you think, what if you add Mm -hmm. 10% on because they're likely going to have PRs? He's like, don't. You don't know. Do what you can for squat. Like do stay pick your attempts based off what you have, not off what you want, not off what your competition's doing, because that's when you start missing. Yeah, lifts. as we were talking about earlier, it's the psychological warfare of social media. You see everyone posting the best list, but you don't know what's happening behind the that's, doors. Yeah. That's what Brett said was if you pick your attempts based off of what you think someone else is gonna do, um, you're gonna get out of pocket and that's when you start missing lifts because you're pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a, a bit of a this ties us back to the Brett Russell conversation we had earlier. Brett has that. He has that insight. He's a veteran of the game. Yeah. And um, he knows. Like, all right, if you start pulling ahead of me, young man, and like Brett's like three years older, but if you start pulling ahead of me, yeah, right? I'm talking like he's a wily <laughs> veteran. Um, if you start pulling ahead of me, though, I'll let you go. He's wise and powerful. He's, he's wise. He's, <laughs> hey, in powerlifting, he's, a, he's an OG, too. Um, he'll let you go. You hit your lifts. He won't get out of pocket. He's not basing it off that, you know? And that's good advice because you never know what the hell someone else... Like last year, Russell... Killing it in, in squat, did a sing and bench, but his dead was there, and it turned out he had some back issues he had been dealing with, and his total. So, but if you were rattled by the, if Brett was rattled by, oh my God, his squat is neck and neck with me, um, you know he didn't realize. Well, stay in the pocket, don't worry, because his dead isn't what he, what he, his dead usually is, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking Russell's probably okay this time, but it just it's just the the point of this is is like yeah, don't base on the squat and the bench and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Try not to base too much. Don't yeah. overthink too much. Go off of RPEs and stay in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to dead and the story's already said and told, now you start. Now you can gamble. It's definitely harder said than done. Like we all go on social media and Syrian players and just like one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. And John had said earlier, watching his social media, Brett's social media in the showdown help motivate him. If it's motivation, cool. Mm-hmm. And John would be like, I would never push myself so I was past RBEs failing or anything like that. But it changed my mind on what weights I maybe should be lifting. It got my mind right type deal, right? Like, all right, well, if that's the type of weight it takes, you know, so... Yeah, for sure, yeah. You, you it's... Uh, I know some of this is coming off contradictory, but it's a balance. It is a balancing mm-hmm. act, man, the whole thing. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's tough at the top. And that's where I think a guy like John who's battle-tested... Because um, the competition in the IPF is very thick and deep. From 1 to 10 at the national level at US, it's crazy deep, let alone the world level. Going into the untested, in his division, there's maybe one guy in his division. And then they'll have to use Wilkes to go against everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's not not as deep. And that's just not me saying as an IPF guy, Steffi Cohen and Hayden came on, you were on that podcast, yeah. and they were saying the competition's not as deep. In terms of talent pool, it's not as thick. Uh, in a division, there's one or two at the top, and there's a pretty big drop-off, mm-hmm. you know, um, and use a Wilkes, and you're going against everybody else. So Steffi's probably looking at other people in other divisions almost every time. Ironically, Mariana dropped into her weight class. Right. It was a little different, but usually anyways. And that's one advantage John has walking into competition where he's used to competition. Right. He's used to that, where sometimes in the untested, you could seriously go fucking years being a world record holder, the number one in your division, and you're smashing records, but every time you never had to get pushed. You never had someone else across the way that you looked and you're like, holy fuck, this person, mm-hmm. we're going to go toe-to-toe. And game planning and attempt select, there's no, let's just get it done in eight. Like, it was all nine lifts, and you know what I mean? Like, you didn't have that option. Um, so, it's different. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a little different, and John has that, which is good. It probably helps him a little in terms of handling anxieties and stuff when the competition gets tough. He's like, yeah, I've been here. I've been on fucking posters yeah, staring nice down Brett Gibbs. The perspective of being in, like, both federations. Like. He, yeah, where some people might not be used to certain head-to-head matchups. You know, he is, you know, but uh, 
But anyways, glad he came on. Um, the guy's a stud. He's he's uh, set world records both in tested and untested. And he's he's young as shit too. I want to say he's like 26, 27. Some of these dudes, when you're older like me, um, they all seem young and they're like, and, and if I hear a guy turn 30, I'm like, nah. It's like they're forever young in my heart. You know what I mean? John Hack will always beat a 23-year-old kid who won, won the Worlds against Brett. You know, it's he hard to like. 23 when he I, won Worlds? Yeah, he was yeah. a junior. Yeah, he, he came was up, a junior. Oh. It was his last junior year, and thank God he did. He decided, I'm foregoing my last junior year. I'm going into the Open. That's huge. Could have been a big mistake. Turned out, you know, like, like if he didn't, we all the powerlifting would have been robbed of this massive showdown. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. He, that's the thing. Like, he's the guy. He'll roll the dice. He'll, he'll gamble. He'll swing towards competition. It just right? makes his story so much better. It does. And there's some people, yeah, like, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why he went to the US Open. He's like, fuck it. Let's, wherever the comp's mm-hmm. going, let's, let's move around that oh, direction. Oh, quick question. So, when we're talking about the heavyweights of the IPF, where do you, do you think Kelly Brand's going to fall up there? So, he's always habitually, habitually in the top three. He's okay. going to get a medal. This is the first year it will be a battle. To make the podium, like almost every single year, I'd be like, Kelly Brain, Jezza, and Ray got that, and everyone else is pretty far behind them. Mm-hmm. This year, with Pablo and Luke, and those guys, their increase has been just staggering because they're young. They're, they're, they're actually have another year of juniors, and they're saying, no, we're going to the Open as well. They're pulling a John Hack. Right. If we could throw it back to Johnny Hack for a second year. They're doing that. So, like, well, he, 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 he can medal. <laughs> like, he can obviously medal. Yeah. But it's not like it was before where I, I'm for sure all top right. five of those guys could bump each other off. Right. And if you miss a lift, because you know how big heavyweights have a problem hitting depth. They're so larger men. Mm-hmm. You miss a squat. And Luke isn't built as thick. He's taller. He's built like a strong man. Okay. He's not built like Ray more shorter and so, like shorter, not short. Right, right. But and, and stockier. Um, he's built more like a strong man. Hitting depth isn't as big of a problem for okay. him. Fuck, you can't miss a squat because this guy's deadlift is phenomenal. And and Pablo, like like these guys, it's different now. This this year's world for heavyweights is going to be to get on the podium. Nothing, nobody's got a podium medal for sure anymore. Right. I don't know, man. It's I'm gonna be nervous. Ah, oh, dude, dude. Yeah, I can't wait. So everyone listening, give a bit of a preview. We're gonna start doing the preview shows every week is going to be um, people nominated on the IPF roster, leading into world championships, breaking it down, who their chief competitions are. We might even have some head-to-heads where two people, same weight class, on this podcast at the same time, and let's see what they got to say. It's going to be spicy. Oh, it's going to be spicy. Anyways, um, from Six Pack Lapidat. From Caffey. I thought you were going to give your Instagram handle. Caffey Fitness. Caffey Fitness. Till next time, peace.